Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Tuesday, May 23rd, and we are here trying to help you make sense of the financial choices that are within your grasp. And why do I say it like that? Because so often we hear from you and there are many things that you call about or talk to us about, and it's very micro sometimes. Like, I have a specific question about this investment. And then it leads to a broader conversation about what's going on in your overall financial life. And since Mark and I are both trained as, not trained, certified financial planners, because Mark, I don't feel like your training is in certif- as a certified financial planner, but mine is. And I did that for a long time. I know that what's going on in your life and who you are as a human being is really the driver of every single one of these conversations. So if you would like to join us and talk about who you are the things that you're contemplating that might have a ramification around your finances, get in touch with us. Just go to jillonmoney.com, click on the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air while you're on the website. Don't forget the book is still for sale, ladies and gentlemen, the great money reset. And when you are contemplating changes in your life, it can impact where you live, what your balance sheet's going to look like. And it actually may mean that you've got some options open to you that you never considered. So you should check out the book, The Great Money Reset. Today, we are joined by a listener in Connecticut. His name is John. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. What can we do for you? Hello, Jill. Uh, I just had some questions. I've, I've always tilted very conservative on my investments, and I've always made my investments based on what I thought the best deal at the time was. You know, overall, I think my asset allocation is okay for me. I'm probably 53% stocks, 47% bonds in short term. But I'm a little concerned that it's off by type of account. I have a, my non-taxable accounts or deferred tax accounts. I tend to be more in stock, but yet my taxable account, I seem to get a lot of generate a lot of capital gain uh, from mutual funds and a lot of interest. So I'm a little concerned that I've gotten it backwards. And of course, now that you've started on this track and um, given where you are to shift things around could actually create even more taxable um, liabilities for you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, John. How old are you? I'm 68. Okay. And are you working or are you retired? I retired about a year and a half ago. How's retirement going? Uh, okay. Um, what's, what's, wait, now, you have, because I have you and you're fresh into retirement, what's better and what's worse about retirement than you had expected? Well, I expected the bureaucracy to be a lot less and all the frustrations with that. So that's gotten a lot better. 
I also had concerns about filling up a day and I still had those concerns. And how are you filling up your day? Are you, are you doing anything? Are you re- volunteering? Are you yeah. keeping your hand in something? I, I volunteer, uh, especially during tax season. I do taxes three days a week. Uh, one hey, day. Wait a second. Are you a retired CPA? No, I'm a retired actuary. I'm also a chartered financial consultant. So, Oh, my God. I, I'm but, talking to a pro here, Mark. What does he need us for? But I, but I don't practice that. I, I'm an actuary. I, I do math. I love math. And by the way, I understand that that test to become an actuary is incredibly hard, harder than the CPA. Is that true, John? Well, I don't know about the CPA, but it's definitely harder than being a chartered financial consultant. Yeah, there's a series of 10 exams and they take the top 40 percent on each exam. So as you get toward the end, it's a pretty hard group, a pretty strong group of people. Do you want to explain to people what actuaries do besides predict when, um, you know, people are going to kick the bucket for insurance purposes? What else do they do? Well, actually, I'm a property and casualty actuary, so I, I predict how much claims are going to cost insurance companies, self-insured, things like that. Are you the guy that we should complain to when we're like, why doesn't my insurance pay out? They always say no first. Is that just because when you say no first, people, a certain percentage of people just fall out and don't follow up and and pound the desk and ask for more? Well, I started off as a claims guy before I became an actuary. So I would say, no, you know, I think part of it's understanding what's covered by the policy. Right. Because there's so many people who are like, oh, uh, there's a flood and I want to get go to my homeowners and the homeowners policy doesn't cover, you know, flooding from the groundswell. Right. Right. All right, let's get back to you. So are you partnered or married or uh, anything else that I should know about? Yeah, I'm married. You're like, yeah, I'm married. (laughs) It's been 42 years, you know, so it's... Yeah, I got her. She's good. Uh, Is she working or retired? She retired before I did. Tell me a little bit about like the income that you guys receive. How do you how do you float your lifestyle right now? Well, I've been lucky that from the two jobs I've had over my career, I have a defined benefit pension plan. Ooh, how much is that? Uh, last year was 110,000. And what about your wife? Does she also have any sort of pension or is she, uh, just, was she in the private sector? Uh, she, well, we're both in a private sector. Mm-hmm. She was in a private sector, but she decided to take her pension as a lump sum. Okay. So you've got your defined benefit. Are you guys receiving social security yet? Or are you waiting till 70? Uh, I'm going to wait to 70, but I'm not sure that's a big, the best thing because I'm going to get more and more taxable income as I get there. So that's interesting. Let's talk about your money that is in non-retirement. So the taxable accounts, how much is in there? Uh, for me, about two million. And her? Uh, hers is all pretty much all in IRAs and four hundred one ks. Okay, so retirement accounts. Let's do. Is it all pre-tax? Uh, I have some Roth, but not a lot. What's the what's the uh, the the uh, pre-tax portion of the total retirement accounts between the two of us? Uh, yeah. Three and a half million. You screwed, man. You know it. Do I have to tell you the math? The yeah. RMDs are going to kill you. Well, unless I do something like a qualified charitable do- donation or something. Yeah, let's talk about. All right, so okay, how much how much money do you guys need to live on? Well, we're living on the pensions right. My pensions right now, and no big deal. Like the one ten covers your stuff. Yeah. So in the taxable accounts, what you're saying is you're generating too much tax liability, right? Yep. Are there any law? This is funny because you've been investing for a long time. Tell me about sort of the net net 
where do you stand capital gains wise on the $2 million of taxable? I presume most of this is like deep gains. Is that right? Uh, not too deep, you know, because the market's been down. But yeah, there's there's quite a bit in there. And I've, I harvest most of the losses last year to offset my rollover to uh, Roth. Do you have any other plans to continue to convert to a Roth or you, th- you feel like you're kind of done? No, I plan on keeping on doing it at least the next couple of years till I turn 70 and start taking mm-hmm. Social Security. Okay. So then at Social Security, what's the um, what's the benefit amount for you? Oh, uh, I don't know, 50 some thousand, 4,500 a month or something. Do you have a big pile of cash somewhere or when you when you are converting, are you then going to be selling more of the taxable account out? No, no, I'm pretty much paying it out of the pension because I out of the 110,000 of pension, I only clear 70 because I put the rest toward taxes. OK, got it. So what when you say to me that you're generating um, too much tax, when you look at your account right now, mm-hmm. what does it look like in like, what is the allocation? You said it's 5347 overall, but what, what are the kinds of things that you have in that taxable account? Do you have um, funds that are creating income there or are you buying and selling inside of there? No, I haven't bought and sold much lately. So it's 43% in stocks and mutual funds. Mm-hmm. So the stocks aren't generating much, but the mutual funds probably generate between fifteen and thirty-five thousand, depending on how good the year is. is. Mm-hmm. And then there's so, so there's some, you know, a bunch of CDs too and bonds, which are also creating some issues. Well, the bonds aren't too bad, other than I have I savings bonds mostly mm-hmm. or um, municipal bonds. So the I savings mm-hmm. bonds are again just pushing off the problem down the road, but. Yes, that will be good for someone who inherits it for you. That'll be their problem, right? right? Do you guys have kids? Just one. A grown child who's okay and, and or, or something we have to think about in the future? No, he's okay. He's uh, 40 living in Ireland with a partner and a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Wow. That sounds kind of fun. All right. So is the general game plan then continue to con- convert, pay whatever you need to pay out of your cash flow, and then at age 70, you claim Social Security. And then at 70 and a half, you're going to do the QCD and you're going to take 100 grand of low cost basis and throw it into QCD land and like, you know, start to or or are you going to maybe even think about doing a charitable trust, you know, maybe at a Fidelity or one of the big companies and front loading giving for the future or both? Yeah, both, I would say, because I already already have a charitable trust set up at Vanguard. Okay, great. How much is in the charitable trust? Only 35000 so far. So are you now thinking about how much you actually want to push into charity? I could see how we can make a lot of your taxable income, you know, especially the low cost basis stuff. I would love, especially if you've got something that's like just like really low basis, like, hey, you know, I've been owning, I've owned this S&P 500 fund forever. And then just gift that into the chair, into the charitable trust yeah. and start over. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I've, I've actually done, the last one I did was some energy stocks that have gone up crazy, you know, doubled in the last two and a half years. So, okay. The reason why I think that's a really good idea is that that might help us actually attack the the asset allocation tax problem 
then if you wanted to, you know, as a CD came due, maybe you would reallocate that in a way to be a bit more tax efficient. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. You got tons of money. You don't need a lot of money. All this money has been great. You're just being, you have like that actuary mind, which is like, I want to be smarter about making sure that I'm not paying more in taxes than I need to. Is that right? Right. Yeah. I don't mind paying the government, but I just don't want to pay more than I have to. Right. And I think that these, I think the idea of using both the QCD, a qualified charitable dis, uh, distribution, yeah. and a the Vanguard Charitable Trust are ways for you to reallocate and not make yourself too crazy. I mean, you live in the state of Connecticut, but you've got Connecticut muni bonds. So I don't think it's the hugest problem. I think that you're dealing with the larger issue, which is you've got a slug of money that is pre-tax that's going to, when you turn, you know, in five years from now, when you do turn 73 is going to just create an awfully big tax liability. Right. Are you on Medicare right now? I am. Can you tell me a little bit about whether or not you're, um, I have to imagine just because of your income and these conversions that you are subject to IRMA to that extra surcharge? Yes. If I looked at your tax return last year, what was the AGI? Uh, 181, I think. 210, sorry. The taxable is 181. I really wouldn't care that much. I mean, you know that if, you know, you, you're, if you're dribbling this out and you're doing uh, the conversions a little bit at a time, you have over the next five years to kind of get the money out and, you know, you'll pay more in Medicare, right? You'll pay $200, $300, $400 a month, whatever it ends up being. Yep. But at the end of the day, I think limiting those um, required minimum distributions is kind of a game changer for you. Right. Because if we look, you know, let's say, you know, you're 75 years old and you have to take 4% out of $3 million, that's like a real number. Yeah. And I don't know where tax rates are going. I don't know what you think, but we tend to sort of bet on tax rates going higher in the future, not lower. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. So I think to me, you know, I, I appreciate that tax liability is no fun and, I think that you're already managing this, but I think the way out of this bigger issue is to try to convert as much as possible today in the next five years and then take advantage of the charitable trust, the QCD, and um, work your way back from there. I I mean, you're in great shape, obviously, uh, presumably because you're an actuary, and I think that actuaries probably dot their I's and cross their T's. You have your estate planning done, correct? Uh, No. What? <laughs> no, wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. All right, wait, I have a thing about actuary. Uh, let me have you ask a very specific actuary question. Yeah. What is the likelihood that you will die? I'll die eventually, 100%. Yeah. Thank you very You're much. Welcome. I'm glad you answered that correctly. So now, what is the likelihood that I can nudge you into creating estate documents so that we can figure out how to make sure this actually doesn't turn into a mess for whoever survives you? Yeah, I, I have some estate documents, but we did it years ago in the mid 90s. So we need to update them. All right. So, Pinky, swear with me, you'll be able to get that done. So, that and maybe you know, sort of not hyper, you know, it's funny, like, again, the detail of the creating capital gains or taxable income in the accounts. I'm not worried about your asset allocation, frankly. Okay. I'm much more worried about the three and a half million dollars that is going to have to be forced out eventually. Number one is to do the estate documents. Number two is to convert. Number three is to make sure in that taxable account that you're using 
the low basis assets and putting that into the charitable trust. Number four would be to start using the QCD when you turn 70 and a half for your retirement distributions. And the see where number five is now like the asset allocation on these accounts. It's peanuts in the big scheme of things. Yeah. Now, I, I've only been converting a little because I don't know, we're paying like $500 a month each for Medicare because of our prior income. This year, it'll go down. But, um, yeah. you know, this year I kept it and only converting 50,000, but I could convert more. I just I struggle with paying it now, you know, instead of later. But I guess it probably makes more I sense mean, to pay it now. Yeah. I mean, if we agree that you're that we think if we agree that uh, statistically and fiscally for the country, it is more likely tax rates will go up than down. That suggests that converting more now, paying your tax at 22 or 24% makes the most sense, even if you have to pay more for Irma. Because look, you know, frankly, the tax rates are due to sunset in 2025. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, I just do think that rates will rise in the future. I do. Yeah. The only thing is I, I have to pay them where my heirs may have to pay them. If, if I don't pay them now. Yeah. I mean, but that, that heir could be that nice wife of 42 years. Yeah. But she doesn't need, she doesn't need the money. You know, she'll still have my it's pension. It's, it's, I did a hundred percent joint and survivor on both pensions. So think about this. Even if that's the case, even if it's like, I don't like to pay now you're being, now you're showing me that actuaries actually have hearts and emotions. So I'm glad to hear that. That's nice to know. But I would say this, even so, the math works better to say, let me pay the tax now. I got the money to pay it. And it does make more sense. But it nothing's bad's gonna happen to you, John. You know that. Yeah. So otherwise get those estate documents. That is a pain in the neck and that is something you can do now. Yeah. No, I just have to find somebody I feel comfortable with. You know, if you uh I'm sure if you ask around, is some you know, there's there's plenty of good estate attorneys in the state of Connecticut, I've heard. Yeah, I've I've gotten names of like three now from different people that I I trust. Let's go interview him and see. All right, John. Good luck to you. I, I like being contacted by an actuary, Mark. It feels like very legit. So if you're if you've got piles and piles of money, like John and his wife, and you're wondering what the priorities should be, sometimes again you call about or you contact us about something like, hey, the asset allocation in a retirement versus a non-retirement. And all of these questions are sort of theoretical and it uncovers other issues. And, you know, obviously John is incredibly smart and being very efficient, but you know, it still is good to have an extra set of ears and eyes on a situation. So if that's you go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. And while you're there, sign up for our new service. It's called Jill on Money Live, where you will have access to quarterly live webinars, special interviews with interesting guests and more. Maybe we'll have John come on as the actuary and he can actually explain why property and casualty insurance is rising so dramatically. We'll have to figure that out. Anyway, thank you so much. And don't forget to do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? 
Well, now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.